0: With Michelle Smallman, I'm Randy Carricker. Good to have you with us on 101 ESPN. And we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. The lead draft analyst for Pro Football Focus is Mike Renner. And he's with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. Mike, good to have you with us. Thanks for your time today. How are you? I'm
1: doing great. Thanks
0: for having me on. Well, let's start with this from a draft perspective, and we'll get to the NFL. But uh, one of the guys that we're kind of taking a look at here at, uh, in Missouri is the linebacker uh, for the Tigers, uh, uh, who had a good game against Alabama. And uh, we, we just want to know what you're thinking so far of Mizzou. Uh, did you get an opportunity to see much of them in the game against Alabama? And what did you think of the first game for Eli Drinkwitz?
1: I haven't gone back and reviewed uh, that game necessarily, but I, I have watched a lot of Nick Bolton over the years, yeah. and I'm not surprised that he had a good game against Alabama, because to me, he's probably the best linebacker in the country this year with, you know, Micah Parsons not playing this season. So, uh, what we saw from him as a sophomore was fantastic. And He's not a super elite athlete. He's not an Isaiah Simmons caliber of athlete, but he's more than athletic enough to succeed in the NFL. So, uh, to me, he's a first-round type of linebacker, and yeah, he did have uh, himself a fairly good game this past weekend against Alabama. Mike, let's talk about Monday Night Football. Last night you had the very anticipated Lamar Jackson-Patrick Mahomes matchup. It was exciting for a bit, but obviously Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs just are, are unbelievable right now. They keep trying to make this a rivalry where they're saying Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson can be the new great rivalry in the NFL. What do you think about that? Yeah, it seems like every time they get together, though, uh, the Chiefs come out on top. I, I, it's obviously a rivalry because they're both in the same you know, conference. Both have MVPs already at this point. But I, I do just think they play such drastically different styles that uh, this ain't Brady versus Manning. Uh, I do think when the Ravens you know, can't play with a the lead, they are a vastly different team. They are just not a team built to come from behind, and that's kind of the worry with how they've completely assembled this roster and uh, you know, their offense coordinator, Greg Roman even said he wants to see what they look like when they have to play from behind. He wants to see, you know, how his team responds. Uh, and that wasn't good. They did not respond well on Monday night. They did not look like a competent passing offense. Lamar Jackson didn't even pass for a hundred yards against a defense that it's not super talented. The chief's defense, you know, they do a lot of different things. They have Tyron Matthew in the back end, but they are not a very complete defense across the board. They've been exposed at times, uh, you know, this season, even so, I am a little worried about uh, the Ravens that they do have to play from behind. So, I don't really see it as this great rivalry just yet.
0: The Ravens obviously are great when they're ahead and they can run the ball but I really did expect that Jackson was going to throw the ball better last night. And he didn't get a lot of help from his receivers either. Andrews had a couple of drops. Do you envision as a, a guy who watches players develop, do you envision Lamar Jackson becoming a guy that can throw a t- his team back into a game?
1: I truthfully don't just because of where he attacks on the football field. A of a good deal of his passing production is right over the middle of the field, behind the linebackers, in front of the safeties, and that's an area of the field that you can attack when teams have to worry about the run, when teams have to bring an extra guy into the box. But when teams can play too deep on you, teams can not have to worry about that rushing threat nearly as much, and you have to push it out to the sideline, out you know deeper throws. He just hasn't responded well in those situations at any point over the course of his career. That was his ML at Louisville, also. Uh, was throwing outside the numbers. He was just a different guy. So, I, I don't think from what we've seen so far he's going to be. Uh, but he has exceeded my expectations in a number of different areas. So, and he is still very much a young quarterback in only year three. Mike, the Bills are sitting there undefeated at three and zero. Are you buying on them, or do you think that's a little bit of fool's gold? I'm buying on them because they've been a top five defense the last two years. Like when Josh Allen's been in there, that's why they made the playoffs last year. And now they have one of the best receiving cores in the nfl like john brown and stefan Diggs, is a very difficult wide receiver tandem to match up with because of what both can do in terms of winning down the football field two guys that you know basically will expose a weaker cornerback if left on an island one-on-one down the football field you just you have to play them differently and we've seen josh allen's ability to buy time with his legs uh, make plays outside the pocket and obviously throw the ball down the football field, uh, I'm definitely buying on them. And I think what Brian Dayball has done, their offense coordinator, uh, is really play to the strengths of Josh Allen and the talent they have offensively with a lot of double moves on the outside, a lot of deeper, uh, deeper routes and longer developing plays that I think they have the personnel to run. So, yeah, I'm in on the Bills this year.
0: Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus, with us on 101 ESPN. And, Mike, I mentioned yesterday, I don't think the NFL plays defense anymore. And it's interesting that we have these conversations when we talk about Lamar and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, and we really don't mention defense anymore. Is there a team out there that can win because of its defense?
1: I mean, the Patriots. <laughs> if you have Bill Belichick as like a defense coordinator, you're going to be able to win because of your defense. After that, I would say the Chargers, but they just don't have anything offensively. Like They don't have nearly enough. They just don't have a quarterback at this point. If they were if they would have gotten in on Cam Newton, we'd be talking about them as a team that could win out with their defense. But I don't see a rookie quarterback leading up to anything at this point. So, yeah, there's just not a lot of good defenses. The Sort of spread revolution in college has made its way to the NFL. And we've seen how difficult it is for college defenses. And now I think NFL defenses are learning that as well.
0: It's amazing. We we had 15 teams score 30 or more points this weekend, almost half the league. Yeah. And like I said,
1: there's just no one who on a consistent weekly basis is going to be able to just, you know, rely on that to win games. Mike, what are you seeing out of Carson Wentz? A lot of people trying to diagnose what's wrong with him, but from your evaluation, what are you seeing out of him? He's just so inaccurate, like something, I, I don't know what, went wrong there in terms of mentally, but he's missing, missing more throws than any other quarterback in the NFL by far. Uh, I don't know if it's, he doesn't he's not comfortable with his receivers. And that has to be some of it because he's targeting his two tight ends who he obviously has rapport with in Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. They're on pace for both over a hundred targets this year, which is just crazy to think about that two tight ends on the same team would get a hundred targets, that's just not how you want to run an offense in the NFL today. You want to be throwing to receivers. You want to be throwing down the football field. So I don't think, one, he trusts his receivers, and two, he's just he's so erratic and his full work's all over the place. I just think after three weeks of it now, uh, there's some serious issues going down in Philly. I, I would not be... I don't think they're going to be fixed anytime soon.
0: When you look at that staff that they won the Super Bowl with, his quarterback's coach was John DiFilippo, his offensive coordinator was Frank Reich. Those guys are gone now. I wonder if the attention to detail that those assistants provided to Carson Wentz has eluded the Eagles now.
1: Yeah, I mean, there has to be some of that, because that was an issue last year with just them not being on the same page, and a lot of it was you know having young receivers as well. But I do think there's some of, he's had a ton of injuries. Like Mm -hmm. your body just isn't the same. And back injuries, too, places where you would not like to have injuries as a quarterback in the NFL and knee injuries. And so I do think there's some of his body might just not be the quarterback we saw when he was, you know, almost an MVP back in what, 2017?
0: Hey, Mike, one more thing about the draft coming up, and I'll go back to the Jamal Adams trade, and one of the reasons the Seahawks felt comfortable in giving up a number, a couple of number ones is because they thought it was going to be so difficult to evaluate this year. Now that you have pretty much everybody coming back and at least playing some games, is there going to be enough good information so that the coming draft in 2021 will be typical in terms of evaluation?
1: I think so, and especially for SEC and now Big Ten with the games they're playing because uh, when you go back and watch a guy, you're not watching them play the Citadel. And, you know, the games they canceled aren't the games you're going back and watching usually. Now, for non-Power 5 teams, I think they got screwed a little bit. Guys mm-hmm. like Trey Lance from North Dakota State, uh, smaller schools, they're going to, you know their showcase games were those early-year ones where they were probably getting blown out, but they were facing, you know, the best competition they'll face all year. So they kind of get screwed. They need some help in terms of, like, a senior bowl, longer combine whatever but i do think that this year with everyone at least playing what five plus games six games i think you'll get the the quality games and the quality tape that you would have relied on more uh in the past anyways
0: and did anybody who opted to not play in 2020 do you think they've hurt their draft stock at all by not playing
1: i think there are a handful of guys uh that probably overplayed their hand in terms of how high they thought they were going to go. Someone like Jamie Newman, the Georgia quarterback who transferred from Lake Forest, opting out to prepare for the draft. I, I think he is hurting himself by that. Um, the vast majority were already considered elite prospects are going to go top 10, 15, no matter what they would have done. So uh, I do think that most of those guys didn't need much to prove, but I think anyone you can always improve a draft stock and you're always going to rely most on the tape the year before. So if you have a, choice between a guy who just dominated this year you know looked great on the football field played all fall and a guy who didn't you might be leaning towards the guy who played you're probably going to be leaning towards the guy who played
0: most recently mike renner great stuff thanks so much for taking some time and we advise everybody to check out pro football focus uh, pff.com it's great thank you
1: for sure thanks for having me have a good one